0: All right, good morning again. We're going to lead off this hour with the conversation that many, many, many people are having, um, and certainly the media story most followed today, and that is the case of Gabby Petito. If you are unaware, uh, Gabrielle Gabby Petito was a 22-year-old 20, um, seeking to be a travel blogger. Instagram influencer, uh, launched that effort in August uh, with a YouTube video. Um, she was traveling across the country in uh, a van, hashtag van life or hashtag small van life, uh, with a man who claimed to love her. So you will hear him identified by the media now as her boyfriend or sometimes as her fiance. He is the last person known to have seen her alive. Um a nationwide manhunt is now underway for Brian Laundry. People are literally tuned in to this story. As of September the 22nd, hashtag Gabby Petito received more than 794 million views on TikTok. Uh, Gabby's family used that particular social media platform to garner support and raise awareness of her case uh, some are now criticizing the emphasis being placed on this case as evidence that in this culture we are all uh, subject to something called missing white woman syndrome, and that we don 't care about all of the people of color uh, and all of the other people who are reported missing each and every day. So let me encourage you to consider that uh, question even uh, even as i 'm going to get to a couple of comments about um the devastating reality when you have a child who is missing and you know remind us of that there are scripture passages and stories um where people's kids were missing and there are places we can turn in scripture um, in the midst of this conversation um and evil is done i mean there's real crime stories in the bible and there would be opportunities to at least surface those in conversation with one another obviously not with those whose children um, are missing, like right the the anguish here is that she's no longer missing. Um, she's known to uh, have been killed, um, and her uh, her death has been ruled a homicide. And the search for her boyfriend slash fiance Brian Laundry uh, went from being a a search for a person of interest now to um, to a search for the last person known to have seen her alive. Um. Just this year, 2,133 people have been reported missing in California, 1,252 in Florida, 1,246 in Texas, 915 in Arizona, 643 in Washington, 606 in New York, 556 in Michigan, 432 in Oregon, 401 in Pennsylvania, 361 in Tennessee. Those are the top 10 states in the United States um, in terms of missing persons reports just this year. Um and every single one of those people has a family like the Petitos. Every single one of them. And so you, you well may know a family uh, who has a person who is missing. You could think here of um, the anguish of the father of the prodigal son. That story has a happy ending. Um, That is a person who left of his own volition and ultimately came home, and there was reconciliation. You might think of the story of Jesus, who was missing for three days when he was just 12 years old, and the anguish, the anguished search by his parents over the course of three days. Now, again, uh, that story has a happy ending. Jesus was safe in the temple. Um, He was teaching, and he kind of wondered why anybody thought he was missing at all. Like, why didn't you know? This is exactly where I'd be. This is the place you should have first looked. And then there are stories like the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, um, whose brothers, out of jealousy, sold him into slavery and then went home and lied to their dad and made up a a cover-up story, Um, brought home the coat of many colors covered with blood and, you know, told a story about their youngest brother dying Um, in an animal attack, which is not at all what happened. They, well, they knew the truth. They had sold him into slavery, and he got sold again, and he ended up uh, in the service of Pharaoh in a foreign country. And yeah, you and I know that story has a happy ending, but it's years in the making. It is years in the making. And the anguish of the father in that story, Jacob, the anguish of that family, Spend some time today reading Genesis 37 to 45. Spend less time reading all of the conspiracy theories related to, you know, things in the world. And reread Genesis 37 to 45. Get a handle on the missing person and the real crime drama and the way that God took what some meant for evil and ultimately used it for good. Um, You know, let's get a biblical mindset on this entire conversation. And And then know this. Know this. Live with this. Life matters and the lost need to be found, and we worship a God who sent a Savior to seek and to save the lost, and his justice is real. All right, up next, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. We'll be right back. again today, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Welcome back, man.
2: Good morning, Carmen.
0: All right. I got to tell you, Dear Evan Hansen is on our uh, on our list of plans. What do I need yeah. to know about it?
2: Well, you need to know that this is a movie that will, I think, challenge you. Uh, it's a movie that will inspire you. Uh, and it's a movie that may make you facepalm a little bit. So, For those who aren't familiar with it, uh, Dear Evan Hansen is based on a popular Broadway musical. It has now been brought to the big screen. And the big controversy about it in uh, the mainstream media has been that Ben Platt, who was the first Evan Hansen on Broadway and who was 22 when it debuted back in 2016, is playing the lead character in the film. He's now 27 and he looks 27. So... That You just have to sort of make peace with that, that this guy does not look like a high schooler <laughs> at all. Um, but the story is about a guy named Evan Hansen who has severe social anxiety disorder. His counselor instructs him to write a letter to himself every day that basically is almost like the old Stuart Smalley Saturday Night Live skit, you know, affirming yourself. And so one of the letters we hear him, he he speaks it as he writes it is – Dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be an amazing day, and here's why. Because today, all you have to do is just be yourself. Um, So that's great. Where where the plot takes uh, an interesting and ultimately devastating turn is he writes one of these letters at school, prints it out in the computer lab. A loner slash bully uh, named Connor picks up the letter um, and doesn't give it back to him because the letter also mentions – Connor's sister named Zoe, whom Evan has a crush on, um, Connor then disappears, and a couple of days later they find out he has taken his own life so i and I know that this plot is is really sort of more complex than we usually get into, but it's important to set up where it goes um and because he has this letter on him that says, "Dear Evan Hansen, the parents of Connor think Evan was secretly Connor's best friend. Never mind that they weren't really friends at all. But Evan doesn't have the heart to tell them, oh, yeah, I wrote this letter, not your son. And quite frankly, he likes the attention and it gives him an in to get closer to Zoe. And so a lie blossoms into a narrative, which blossoms into an anti-suicide movement of which Evan becomes the poster child. So he sort of gets all of his dreams fulfilled but it's all based on something that's untrue. And eventually, of course, that comes tumbling down. So it's an interesting film. I really enjoyed it. I think the criticism of it has been overly harsh, Um, but uh, it will definitely challenge people to think about mental health, anxiety, and suicide among teens today. Uh, There's a a couple harsh profanities, some sexual innuendo, but really for a PG-13 movie, there's not that much content to deal with, which makes it, I think accessible for older teens on up.
0: All right, we want to take note of the re-release of Courageous for those of you that want to check that out, courageousthemovie.com. When we come back, I'm going to have Adam roll through um, reviews for three Netflix releases, The Starling, Afterlife of the Party, and Nightbook. Those are up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: We're going down.
0: All right, continuing our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. All right, Adam, let's do a rapid fire round. The Starling.
2: Uh, the Starling stars Melissa McCarthy as a woman in a marriage, and tragically, a baby has died of sudden infant death syndrome. And that has resulted in really the it's just absolutely destroyed her marriage. Uh, Her character's name is Lily. Her husband's name is Jack. And and really the whole movie is an intense uh, drama about trying to work through the aftermath of a loss of a child and whose fault that is and all of the things that that unpacks in their relationship. Uh, no child on earth is going to want to watch this movie, but it's PG-13, mostly for some language. Um, So if you like really serious, gritty dramas, I guess this one could scratch that itch.
0: All right. Uh, What is next on the list here? Afterlife of the Party.
2: So this is an interesting film in that it sort of became a breakout surprise hit on Netflix. It's about a totally narcissistic, mean party girl who slips in the bathroom, hits her head on the toilet and dies. And she goes to a purgatory like level of the afterlife where whether she goes up or down and there it's pretty nondescript, but obviously we're talking about heaven and hell here um, depends on whether her ghost can make amends for the things that she has done in her life. So uh, her best friend is able to see her as a ghost and help her, but nobody else can. So the movie, it sort of is almost in a really weird way in it's a wonderful life kind of territory. Uh, It's PG. There's a tiny bit of language. There's some references to drinking and partying. So it's pretty accessible. But obviously the core conceit here is... How do we pay for our sins? And Mm. this movie posits the idea that you pay for your sins, you know, you have a chance to make up for things in the afterlife, uh, which obviously does not line up with the gospel. I think this one could be a terrific conversation starter for what do we do with sin? You know, why did Jesus die for us? How do we experience forgiveness? How does his death motivate us to love other people. Like it's absolutely packed with spiritual launch pads, but it is absolutely not a Christian movie in any way, shape or form. So um, it, it, interesting film though. Interesting film.
0: Okay. So see, that's one where I would say maybe we need to develop a, a discussion
2: guide. Yep. No, I, I <laughs> yeah. think so. I think so. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. How about uh, Nightbook?
2: You know, if you have been wishing that more people would make horror movies for children, you know, sort of like R.L. <laughs> R. Stein, uh, Nightbooks um, is your, your latest offering of a really pretty terrifying movie for kids. Uh, and it is about a boy who wanders into an apartment baited by yummy food and gets uh, kidnapped by a witch. And he and another girl who has been kidnapped by the witch, and there's the implication that sometimes these children are eaten a la Hansel and Gretel. It's sort of a modern take on Hansel and Gretel. Um, they have to figure out, uh, what to do. And, uh, you know, the, the premise is a full stop for me. I'm not really, mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in horror movies for kids. However, the goosebumps movies were better than I expected them to be. So I understand the impulse this one is not better than I would expect it to be. It deals with demonic ghosts, evil sorcerers, and death. So just skip mm. it. It's not it's yeah. not worth it.
0: All right. I skipped the Emmys. Um so let's talk briefly about those and then um uh Paul Acey's post, the Emmys show that nice ish guys can finish first.
2: Yeah, you know, years ago, it's been a long time now. Uh, The Emmys used to be what was on television that we all watched, right? But really starting with The Sopranos about not quite 20 years ago, uh, so-called prestige television on various streaming services and, and exclusive outlets really began to take over the Emmys. And that trend has continued apace To wit, The Crown was one of the big winners uh, this year, which is the ongoing story uh, about Britain's Queen Elizabeth II. Um, And The Crown is, uh, I think, what Paul was saying. It's better than some of the stuff in the past that have been big winners, like Mad Men, which was deeply cynical. uh, Game of Thrones, which has got all kinds of explicit content problems. Um, And so you know, is the glass half full or half empty? The Crown is is a better story and it has less content, but yet because it's on an exclusive service and they can do it, they still toss in some explicit material from time to time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's relatively better than some things in in the recent past, but it still has some pretty big issues. And then the other one uh, is Ted Lasso on Apple TV+, Plus, which stars Jason Sudeikis as like the nicest football coach in the world, he's been imported as a re- American football coach to coach a soccer team in England, um, and he's been set up to fail, but he doesn't. And he is a super, super, super nice guy, and his niceness is certainly taken advantage of. But we see that that's actually the kind of character you want to have. And we have a love hate relationship with this show because, in some ways, it is one of the nicest stories you will find on TV anywhere. But in another huge way, it's not because it, too, is full of really foul language. And so Mm -hmm. you have something that's fundamentally nice that still has a big problem. Um, So Paul's point here was these shows are better than some of the recent winners from the past, but they still have pretty big issues that you have to navigate. And that's just where we're at in TV culture these days. There aren't there aren't many people watching much on network television at all, because they don't have to. And because everybody has Netflix and Amazon, I mean, not every little literal person, but many people do these days. So that is the scoop on this year's Emmys.
0: Yeah, um, I think that uh, the Ted Lasso um, storyline that some people might find interesting, um, or worth conversation is, did life imitate art? Or did art imitate life in terms of um, the fact that the person who plays Ted Lasso went through a divorce, as did the character, um, in in and I'm just saying like there's some there's there are some interesting conversations that you could yeah. have, um, not just about being nice, um, but you know where nice guys finish and in this case nice guys finished first in the Emmy. Yes. So there's a this is an interesting conversation to have. Um, okay, yep. so there's a an excellent post that I want to tee up at pluggedin.com. On what's wrong with Instagram filters? So, can we touch on that?
2: Yeah, we can. This is written by our staff person Emily Clark, and she talks about in- Instagram filters. If you're not familiar, basically, are little things that you can do to photos that make you look better. Um, and she focuses <laughs> in on a particular one that is uh, called "What's Wrong with You," and It tells you, based on the photos you post to Instagram, you know, what it thinks is wrong. It's like, your interests are too obscure, cringe, you're kind of annoying. And Emily's post is basically unpacking the fact that even though it's meant humorously, it points out a real problem with Instagram in that people know about filters, and everybody wants to make themselves look better. And... Not that there's anything wrong with wanting to present your best self, but when everybody is using artificial means to look, make themselves look better, it can have a really negative impact on your self-esteem. And so Emily's encouragement is to, to be yourself and to not use those filters and to just sort of say no to the whole filter culture that really dominates Instagram.
0: Just for the record, I don't know how to use a filter on Instagram, and so you can trust that all of my posts are completely unfiltered. <laughs> Part of this is just ignorance, right? Anyway, yeah, if I post exactly. on if I post on Instagram, it's literally a picture that I just took and then posted. Because there you right. go. That's what I know how to do. And that and that's right all there, I
2: Carmen. Do. That's the glory of being old. We just don't there care God. anymore. <laughs> you know,
0: I think that we should write a book about the glory of being old. Um, in in whatever, I mean, I'm. In my mid fifties i guess fifty three now is mid maybe, and so no, no, I you're, feel you're like i have
2: early fifties and i'm 51, I have some things so. to
0: say though i I already have some things to say about getting old, and then I still have a mom around who she has some real things to say now about right. getting old, so I feel like there are some things to say about getting old anyway yep. there you go and I think that emily 's post should now be called emily 's post because ah. then I know. I know. So can she just have her own thing called Emily's Post?
2: I think so. I love that. I'm going to see what I can do with that. That
0: consulting to Focus on the Family is going to cost you.
2: Yeah. Fill fill me. Just Just send me an invoice. The
0: the ideator is at work today. All right. Adam, thank you as always so much. You guys need to check out Focus on the Family's Plugged In and be looking for Emily's Post. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to be looking for it. All right. We'll be right back.
1: Yeah, it can be really exhilarating to get lots of likes on social media, but
3: did Jesus call us to just be influencers? Here's Christine Kane, a recent guest on Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.
0: We need to get rid of this language of influencers. Where in the Bible is the spiritual gift of a blue check influencer on social media? We're not called to be influencers. We are called to carry a revival fire and lead people to Jesus. And so we are supposed to point to him. We are so obsessed about how many are following us that we don't care about how many are not following him anymore. We are so obsessed about getting likes and getting clicks that we no longer want to become like Christ. Christ. So what if the world thinks I'm cray-cray? That is exactly what a Christian is. Christ-likeness is what I need to be pursuing more than
3: how many are liking whatever I post. New insights every week on the Q Ideas with Gabe Line show page at MyFaithRadio.com.
0: All right, Jennifer uh, is pointing out that if you're not over 80, you really can't say anything about being old. Talia, on the other hand, who's only 34 says she would absolutely entertain a conversation about the things that she has to say about getting old. So, you know, here's the reality. Um, aging is an experience that we all have, no matter how old or relatively young we are. And so, you know, give it a little thought. What do you know now that you didn't know when you were younger? What are the, How are the ways in which your thoughts have changed? How have you been transformed by the gospel? Um, if you're just a An older version of the same person that you've always been, then has the gospel had any real impact? Are you actually being transformed by one degree of glory to another into the likeness of Christ? No, that's really not where the getting old conversation was headed, but there you go. That's where it ended up. All right, Todd Miles is joining us again next. You may remember the conversation that I had with him about his book, Cannabis and the Christian. Um, I wanted to till a little more soil with him because in that book, he helps us think biblically about things that are not in the Bible. I thought we needed to follow-up on that. We'll be right
1: back. There are tough times ahead for planet Earth. And this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us explore the
3: turmoil of the Great Tribulation. But we'll see the bright light of God's love for His children shines through. Discover the good news amidst the bad. This
1: week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie.
0: Join us Monday through Friday mornings at 10 on Faith Radio.
3: With so much division and, and pain and sadness in our world, Faith Radio
0: is a voice of reason, a voice of practical help, and a voice of who to turn to in the midst of these difficult times. And I love the, the voice of love that you're bringing into the world.
1: Providing timely tools to help you grow and encourage your faith. That's the ministry of Faith Radio. This is Max Locato. As you discover your place in God's plan, you make this wonderful discovery. You will graduate from this life into heaven. Jesus' plan is to gather together in one all things in Christ. All things includes your body. God will reunite your body with your soul and create something unlike anything you have ever seen an eternal body you'll finally be healthy you never have been even on the days you felt fine you weren't you were a sitting duck for disease and what about your worst days don't you hate disease I'm sick of it so is Christ when Christ appears scripture tells us we shall be like him you'll have a spiritual body with all members cooperating toward one end so we're not giving up how could we As God's story becomes our story, the best is yet to be. This is Max Locato.
0: have talked with author Todd Miles in the past, uh, actually just back in August, about his book Cannabis and the Christian, what the Bible says about marijuana. In, in that conversation, we started to till some soil that I wanted to um, return to, and so Todd has graciously joined us again today.
3: Todd, welcome back. It is very good to be with you, Carmen.
0: It's so good to have you. Okay, so um, here's here's where we were in the conversation that we just didn't have time to to finish um we want to talk about how to think biblically about things that are not in the bible so how do we discern the bible's guidance when a specific topic is not expressly addressed in you know in the pages of scripture
3: that's a super important question and and i think it begins with a presupposition uh, that is actually explicitly in the bible that 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 the bible is uh, sufficient uh, that we have all the divine words that we need, might not have all the divine words we want, but we have all the divine words that we need and and so, when it comes to those topics uh that aren't explicitly mentioned, I think we have to know first off something about that topic uh we we, we have so in the case of of my book with uh cannabis and the Christian, we need to know something about the science of cannabis and how cannabis actually works. We would need to know something about the context in which uh, we find ourselves, uh, maybe uh, the, the, the landscape, the, the laws, um, maybe something about the, uh, the risks and perceived benefits of, uh, of, of the topic. And, you know, again, in my case, it, it, was, it was looking at cannabis. And, and then at that point, we can apply those sufficient divine words that will enable us to make a good and wise God-honoring, Christ-honoring decisions.
0: So I'm thinking um, that there's also this sort of cultural context, and sometimes that's really hard to see because it's like a fish trying to look at the water it's swimming in. Um, but I think there's a there's a part of that as well um, that plays in here because just because Christians at a particular point in time viewed something in a particular way doesn't necessarily make that right or righteous or the Bible's teaching on something. And yet, then I think think as soon as that's out of my mouth, I am treading in dangerous territory where what the Bible says about something, you know, can't be trusted. And so can you, and again, I I guess we could use like slavery as maybe my best example of this. There was a point in time when people thought the Bible supported the kind of slavery that um, was, was instituted here in the United States and practiced, and obviously that is just not... Um, what we know to be true and how we see it now. So can you talk a little bit about how you look at the culture you're in or your historical point in time as a fish in water?
3: Yeah, it's, it, a, a, a danger for Christians of, a, a, of any age is, is that we want to baptize our impulses. Uh, we, we want to have that, thus saith the Lord, th- that accompanies... The things that we really, really want to do, and and, and occasionally the things we want to do are, are God honoring and Christ honoring, but I think we know enough about sin uh, in the human heart that that oftentimes uh, those, those desires are are a result of, of the brokenness of this world. Um, I think first off, just being aware. Of of that is is helpful that that a have a, a a hermeneutic of suspicion, if you will, <laughs> uh, hermeneutic how we evaluate or, or or interpret of suspicion directed not necessarily toward others but really first and foremost toward ourselves. Um, uh, we tend to be very good at believing our own lies. Uh, people usually aren't very good liars. The only way or th- most of the time the only people we're able to persuade by our lies are ourselves and just just i i think being willing to recognize uh, am, am i deceiving myself uh, lord help me uh, interpreting the bible in community um mm-hmm. and 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 listening to others is is very important
0: yeah i think that that testing testing it in community um is absolutely critical i love those phrases have a hermeneutic of suspicion Um, Toward ourselves, um, recognize that the power of rationalization and the desire to, or the temptation to baptize my own desires. Wow. um, That's so helpful. Uh, I think not just in terms of like moral questions and conversations, but discernment in general. You know, do I really just want God to bless where I'm going and what I'm doing? Um, And because I'm a Christian, I imagine that that's how that works. Or am I willing to sit long enough? Um, to discern what is the character of God, what what do I know about God's relationship to this idea or subject in the past? What do I know from Scripture? How do I understand the nature of things? And and then ask in community: Does this seem to you to be the right decision or direction or job or relationship? Like putting ourselves in mutual submission to one another as Christians is really hard. But I think totally oh, necessary.
3: Yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right, and and, and I think for for any Christian, uh, we run into uh, this this difficulty in making wise decisions, recognizing that that, that our impulse may very well be to. Uh, to be legalistic on the one hand or to be libertine on the other and, and and that that path of wisdom is is hard because we have obstacles on either side and 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 we've seen that time and time again in 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 our probably in our own lives but certainly in the history of the church
0: All right we are talking with Todd Miles we're talking about um you know how we discern the will of God and think biblically about things that are not expressly in the Bible. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment.
1: All
0: right, we're continuing our conversation with Todd Miles. The book that got this conversation started is uh, Cannabis and the Christian and what the bible says about marijuana and we we talked about this topic as illustrative of a larger question about how we not only make moral decisions but discern the very will of god on the matters of the day and so todd graciously has come back to talk about that um so on our text line todd um observations about the bible being the living word of god what does that mean progressive revelation Uh, A real thing, but uh, drawn from Scripture, not impressed upon it. People are roaming around in the conversation that we're having and wondering, um, you know, as people who, most of whom are not Roman Catholic, have some sort of faith that is Protestant, you know, this is a Reformed understanding. What does it mean to always be Reformed according to the Word of God? Those are some of the thread lines, you know, pull whichever one you'd like.
3: (laughs) <laughs> but there, there's a lot there. Uh, so the, the Bible being the living Word of God. Well, of course, that's what the Scriptures say it, in, in in the Book of Hebrews, right? Um, I I think what what that says is, is that God's powerful Word is creative. It, it it is effective. It gets things done because He is sovereign, and and that when we read the Scriptures, uh, we we engage through the Spirit of God. The the the. The very living God Himself, uh, progressive revelation. Uh, thankfully, God didn't just give us a data dump of you know encyclopedic information about God that dropped out of the sky uh, to, to to Adam and Eve or Moses or whoever, uh, but God revealed His Word and his will in time and, and had a plan for redemption. And as Bible readers, we need to recognize that that things change over time, but they don't change according to our whims or our desires. They change because God has a plan to reveal himself and to save a people. And, and and that plan takes place over time. Um, Good Bible readers recognize that. I mean, the, the the most obvious example there is that we're no longer under the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law uh, was God's will for His people at a particular time. There's still value in understanding it and reading it well, because it does reveal who this God is. There is wisdom there, but but also recognizing that as as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're under new management, so to speak, right? Uh, with with a newer and better promises, a a, a newer covenant, because in in god's God's wisdom uh, he has implemented his plan. Uh, over time, and and we're the beneficiaries right now of being able to look back on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, anticipating His return in the future to consummate all things. I I, I think those are some of the, the 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 presuppositions, if you will, the things we have to understand about the Bible uh, whenever we open it up to to read, to engage with God and seek wisdom.
0: Let's talk a little bit about our role in that um, unfolding plan of God, God has a will He's working it out in real human life in real time um through real grace, impressed upon uh, real sin like this um this kingdom conversation seems to be a part of this, and the ethics of the yeah. kingdom, the morality of the kingdom um mm. as it is. In heaven, may it so be on earth. Can we talk a little bit about those things in in relationship to this conversation about what the Bible says about the things that it doesn't talk about?
3: Yeah, well, so so Jesus Christ came to to uh, initiate, to inaugurate, if you will, establish the. The kingdom of God and Jesus had a lot of really difficult things to say about what what life would be like in that kingdom. Uh, wonderful things, but difficult in terms of, of 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 what you can do and and what you ought not to do. Uh, I, I often think if I were sitting there listening as just a you know a, a mosaic law follower to Jesus teach the Sermon on the Mount, I I would walk away discouraged because I would think I. Boy, you, you have taken morality, and you have taken it straight to the level of the heart. Uh, and we can't even do behavior modification stuff, right? L- let alone, mm-hmm. uh, l- let alone uh, uh, have a, a heart that 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 seeks to to follow God in 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 w- with every fiber of its being. And, and of course, Jesus wasn't a bait and switch guy. He knew what he was going to initiate. That uh, that, that through his death and, and resurrection, uh, he would. Inaugurate the new covenant where, where we are given a, a new heart uh, that that then through sanctification over time will, will, will be transformed into uh, the the very heart of Christ and and one day and we yearn for that day right every fiber of our being will desire the good because it is the good it is the good uh, sin will have. No attraction to us at all because we've, we because we will see how sinful sin actually is, um, and boy, may that day come soon. In the meantime, we just uh, we, we we work in, in wisdom and 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 we live with God's people in community, iron sharpening iron, um, uh, yearning for grace, maximizing uh, the grace that's been given to us.
0: I gotta confess, I don't have the capacity um to i mean like even as you say that we will see how sinful sin actually is um i don't i don't have the capacity to to know that like there are things yeah. um about what's going on in the world and in in human relationships and what people are doing to other people that i it's so heartbreaking to know what i already know it's hard to imagine having the capacity to know to know it even more fully. I mean, like what's going on in the square mile around where I live right now, let alone the city that I live in or the state that I live in or the nation that I live in or the world writ large, like the sin happening right now is unbearable. Mm. Um, and yet Jesus bore it all. And I think mm. that when... When I get myself to the foot of the cross, the questions about what would God have me do in this situation, or how would God have me live, or do I have the liberty to do this thing, Um, is this this a morality aligned with the kingdom of heaven? Like, when you get the depth and the depth of sin in view, you get the length of the cross in view. Mm -hmm. And somehow in that, the question about whether or not I smoke a joint kind of disappears. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right and 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 Carmen, you know, praise God that that the this task of sanctification isn't just having a more acute sin meter, right? right? But but we become more Christ-like as as this happens as well. And so so not only do we come to grips with the sinfulness of sin, but we also become more compassionate and and more gentle and and more kind and more patient and um and 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 then on on that final day Jesus will be here reigning and ruling in righteousness, um, <laughs> and and we will look at at the sinfulness of sin as as a distant memory, not as a reality to be engaged in the moment. Um,
0: mm. Yeah, I'm making notes. I'm making notes. You're so helpful. You're um. Thank you so much for wandering around with us in. <laughs> Uh, in this process, because I think it is a process, and we have to acknowledge that. And so thank you. I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Carmen.
0: Absolutely. That's Todd Miles, among other things, author of Cannabis and the Christian. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, I'm Sissy Larson, host of Sissy Larson Live. And one of the things I love so much about Faith Radio is the biblical, solid teaching that we get to hear day after day. I travel a lot as a speaker,
0: and I'll turn on Christian radio stations, and sometimes I'm kind of surprised at what comes across the airwaves. But in Faith Radio, you can trust you're getting solid, biblical teaching every day. Another thing I absolutely love about Faith Radio is the team behind
2: the scenes. There's not one ego in the bunch. Every staff member on our team has a heart to serve, to love, to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, and to help you engage with Him in your own faith walk. This is a great day to be part of Faith
0: Radio, and we're so grateful to have you part of the Faith Radio family. What's your Faith Radio story? Leave a message with your story by calling 877-933-2484. That's 877-933-2484. All right, friends. Um, we I have such a heart of gratitude right now, just for each and every person, and I I thank you for all of the folks who've texted in. Just in the in this last segment during this conversation um, uh, with Caleb, uh, there's a lot of pain in our families, and there is a lot of grief and. So let's be lifting each other up in prayer. Let's be reaching out in empathy one to the other today. Um, If you were looking for prayer fodder, let me just say, uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ are struggling folks are having a hard time in their families. There are, uh, There's just a lot of brewing out there and there's a lot of darkness. And so let me just encourage you to be a point of light in the life of another person today. Reach out empathetically. Walk um, walk alongside someone who you know is struggling or who is dealing with difficulties with their kids or with their parents, frankly. Like there's just all kinds of stuff going on. So I wanted to lift that up Also, um, want to alert you in case you didn't know, today is National um, Apple Dumpling Day. Paul, how are we celebrating Apple Dumpling Day? I made no plans. Mm -hmm. It's also National Monte Cristo Day, the sandwich. Which are good. Which are very good. Uh, National Concussion Awareness Day. And so, um, you know, that one, that one, like, strikes me. Okay, and then it's National Tradesman's Day. National Pet Bird Day, and as we've mentioned earlier, Constitution Day. A little something for everyone today. Here is. Here is. Here's what I know about today. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And for some, for some, this will be the day of salvation. No ordinary day, and yet a completely ordinary day. Let's go forth into the world that God so loves and do so in ways that honor Jesus. Have a great day, and God bless.